You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Lovecast. See if you can guess where this one's going. He's a former Republican elected official, son of a Baptist minister, member of the NRA, family values conservative with three darling children and recently divorced. And he started his own political consulting firm before he left office, a firm called Common Sense Conservative Consulting, which wasn't quite legal because he was sort of still in office at the time. Uh, And he worked for Mitt Romney's presidential campaign in 2008. Can you guess where this is going? His name is Rod Jetton. Jetton? I don't know how to pronounce this exactly, but he was the Speaker of the House for the House of Representatives in the state of Missouri, and he was arrested this week for uh, assault, sexual battery, for beating the shit out of a woman he met online. Now, he's a family values conservative, so you know that he's against premarital sex, but you know, on a technicality, this is all right that he met this woman online for nearly anonymous sex because it wasn't premarital, it was post marital sex. He had just gotten a divorce. So this is totally down with Jesus post-marital sex. Just post-marital sex with the person he didn't happen to be married to because he wasn't married to anybody at the time. He met the woman, went over to her house, brought a couple bottles of wine, gave her a glass of wine. She didn't see him open or pour the wine. She says that she started fading in and out of consciousness. And uh, he beat the fuck out of her, choked her, slapped her around, punched her in the face. Police took pictures. She reported the assault. And he told her when he left the next day that it was her fault that he beat the shit out of her because she didn't use their prearranged safe word, which was a phrase, green balloons. Anyway, it's all her fault because she didn't use the safe word, which she might not have used because perhaps she had been drugged. And uh, sometimes it's hard to choke out that safe word when you yourself are being choked. And in the no-one-could-have-predicted department, Rod Jetton, when he was Speaker of the House, opposed a move to decriminalize gay sex in the state of Missouri after the Supreme Court had declared state bans on sodomy to be unconstitutional because, he said, judges come and go and Supreme Court decisions change back and forth. So who knows? New judges may one day reverse this decision. And at that moment, of course, the state of Missouri would want to leap into action and arrest all those homosexuals who are having the gay sex, which they wouldn't be able to do if the laws criminalizing gay sex had been rescinded in Missouri in the interim. What's hilarious in its own sad, tragic, predictable way, because you all arrived here before I even got here, right? You heard family values conservative and you left right to sex crimes and anti-gay, right? What he said uh, during the debate about taking these 14 words out of uh, off the books in Missouri, thereby legalizing same-sex sex in Missouri, was he didn't want to live in a state where it is, quote, legal to engage in deviant sexual intercourse, which is defined as consensual homosexual intercourse. That is deviant. Beating the living fuck out of a woman that you've drugged, that you barely know, and having a little postmarital sex with this woman that you're beating the fuck out of, who isn't capable of uttering her safe words. Nothing deviate about that, piece of shit. This is getting tiresome, is it not? Anybody who stands up in uh, you know, the floor of the House of whatever House of Representatives, the floor of whatever Senate, state, federal, 
and rails against other people's private consensual sexual conduct should be presumed to be a sex criminal in the offing, to be a Larry Craig, to be a Rod Jetton, or as he shall be known forever after, a green balloon. We shouldn't take these motherfuckers seriously. And once again, we see, you know, here's this red state nonsense. These people can't impose their own sense of morality on themselves. And they want to shove their morality down the rest of our throats. Their perverse sense of morality. My adult consensual relationship is deviate and his desire to beat the fuck out of women that he's drugged. Allegedly, nothing deviate about that. That is intercourse as the Old Testament God intended you to have it. But I do think you know, we'll, we'll leave this here. There's nothing really more to say. Family values conservative and everybody could, you know, play Mad Libs at the whole rest of the story. Everyone knew where it was going. But I do think that green balloons should enter the lexicon with hiking the Appalachian Trail. And perhaps a green balloon should be a non-consensual S&M experience uh, that didn't go well because the person that you had it with was a motherfucking piece of shit asshole like Ron Jutton. You know, somebody went off and had some, you know, I'm going to go have some SM sex. They come back and it wasn't fun. What's wrong? Well, kind of, you know, they kind of green ballooned me. Motherfuckers. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage today for details. Hi, Dan. I'm a 19-year-old student from Canada, and I'm calling about pubic hair removal. It seems like it's an increasingly talked about thing, like in the media and even among my friends and other people. And I would just like to know if you think that it's going to become like a social expectation, like a social norm. Um, do you think like for both men and women uh, in the straight and gay community that removing your pubic hair is going to be expected? If so, why? Why has this been talked about and why does it seem like it's popping up everywhere? Also, I'd like to know like, if I don't, will I be viewed as weird or dirty or whatever the other words associated with having pubic hair are now? And um, why people think it is more clean and more beautiful to rid yourself of pubic hair? Um, I'd really like to know what you think because, you know, I really respect uh, your opinion. And, um, yeah, I'm really curious as to, uh, as to why this is uh, a growing fat or not. Here's the thing. Anyone who spent five minutes uh, dinking around a sex website, sex social networking website, you know, the places where people post the nude pictures or videos of themselves, knows that most people under 30 are t taking a deforestation <laughs> approach to their own pubic hair, that most people are shaved. What do I think? It doesn't really matter what I think. I'm an old fag fuck. Like, uh, it doesn't matter. I I'm not sleeping with these 19-year-olds. What I do know, though, is that these things cycle in and out. Chest hair is back. Chest hair, which was not in for 20 years. Uh, pubic hair will come back, and it will be fetishized, really. It, it will become this minority taste because uh, it's unique and it sets some people apart that they have it because most people don't. And then uh, those people who have it will be sort of more in demand and seem edgier, and then they will become – the dominant taste again. Everyone will sort of – the pendulum will swing back in favor of pubic hair. What should you do in the meantime? Well, you should do what you want. You should do what makes you and your lover happy. Uh, 
And the, the good thing about shaving your pubic hair is it grows back that you can experiment with uh, deforestation and then allow a thousand flowers to bloom again. Hi, Dan. Um, I am a 25-year-old straight female, and I've been in a monogamous relationship for three years. Um, I fantasize about both exhibitionism and being dominated. And my boyfriend and I have done some of the whole dom-sub rough sex stuff, but I've actually never really brought up the whole exhibitionist fantasies that I have. Um, I think there are a few reasons for this. First of all, I'm not really sure I would be interested in executing them in real life, uh, or at least not for a room full of guys in person anyway. Um, and I'm not sure how he would react to the fact that I get turned on by showing my body to other guys for them to jerk off to. Um, so anyway, fast forward to last night, he is out of town and after a few glasses of wine and smoked a little pot and I logged on to an adult webcam chat room and proceeded to get naked and basically put on a performance for these random dudes. So, I kind of have two questions. One, should I tell him about this? Or I'm, I'm wondering if it uh, constitutes a violation of our monogamy and trust and uh, that whole thing. But also, I'd, it would be so hot if I could get him to kind of go on cam with me and, you know, force me to do things for these guys. Um, but at the same time, I get the feeling he might be really bothered by the whole idea and by the fact that I did this without telling him and yeah, had a bunch of guys jerking off to me. I think you should tell him about this, uh, but I think you need a strategy and you should tell him in dribs and drabs. Sometimes it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. But when you've gone ahead and done it already, sometimes it's easier to present it as a hypothetical. And then when he's into it, tell him you've already done it. Does that make any sense? So I would, Tell him you have these fantasies about uh, exhibitionism and webcamming and how they involve him and you know how it plays into your dom sub stuff. A lot of guys out there, particularly these days with you know awareness about hot wives and about cuckolding uh, and about swinging, a lot of more guys uh, are at least conscious of the whole turn on aspect of other guys wanting to fuck the girl that you're with or the woman that you're married to or jerking off to her. So exhibitionism is now sort of the American pastime. Everybody does it. Everybody has pictures online from Carrie Prejean to uh, Pete Wentz. So it's not like you're asking him to shit uh, on his mother. You're not asking for something crazy. But because you're concerned about how he might react, just go to him and say, this turns me on, this idea. Don't tell an outright lie. This turns me on. You don't have to say, and I've done it. You also don't have to say, and I have not yet done it. Say, this turns me on. See how he reacts. If he's really positive, say, I have a confession to make. And tell him that you already kind of experimented with a little bit, but you really want to do it with him. And it would be so much more interesting and valuable with him. And come clean. You need to be aware when you do these webcam things that those out there in your audience can record what you're doing on most of the software that allows you to broadcast yourself to the world. Other people can have software on the other end where they're taping it uh, and recording it. So unless you're comfortable uh, attaching your face to your twat for all eternity, 
online, you might want to point that webcam down or wear a lovely disguise or whatever. Um, but don't do this ex- expecting that it's just going to you know go out there in the ether for a minute and then it disappears like some sort of uh, television broadcast. It doesn't. Whatever you do online exists online for all eternity. Good luck. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like the Savage Lovecast. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. And yes, for the bulimics out there, they have Glenn Beck's The Christmas Sweater. Get that. Download that and I promise you, you will never stop throwing up. Again, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage for your free audiobook download today. Hey, Dan. This is Ben in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, me and my boyfriend, we've been together two years. Uh, he is really into role-playing, um, which I'm fine with, but uh, I'm just really bad at it. Uh, I've tried to uh, get into that, but I just... Uh, no, I just say really, really stupid stuff, and it makes them laugh, and it kills the moment. I don't know what to do about that. Um, like, uh, as an example, we were doing a uh, uh, a role play where I was supposed to be a drill sergeant, and uh, I told him that love is a battlefield, and it's just a, a hot mess. Anyway, if you have any uh, advice that you can give me, I'd really appreciate that. It's been a long time since I've seen a movie with a drill sergeant in it, officer and a gentleman. I don't know. The last thing I saw with a drill sergeant in it was uh, Arrested Development had a drill sergeant in it. It was pretty funny. But if I remember correctly, drill sergeants try to make you laugh. They say weird, funny things. And then, you know, the person they're drilling smirks or laughs. And then the drill sergeant gets right up in their face. And, what are you laughing at? So I don't understand why uh, saying love is a battlefield, which sounds pretty drill sergeant-y to me, ruined everything uh, for your boyfriend. But I have an anti-roleplay bias because I am not an actor. Uh, I've attempted roleplay in certain situations with certain people, and I am, like you, lousy at it. Uh, You know, priest, altar boy, drill sergeant, private coach, whatever coaches coach, swim teams, I I don't know. None of it worked. I actually think reality is the the funnest thing to uh, buy into when you're fucking around with somebody. And just being uh, fun, perverted, adventurous homos should be role play enough. But, you know, if this turns your boyfriend on and you want to ramp up, I really don't have any advice for you besides tell him not to laugh in your fucking face. Or if you la- if he starts to laugh, just ramp up your aggression and scream and yell and uh, – See if you can't write the scene that way. But role play is a kind of improvisation, and I understand from my improv actor buddies that you can never say no in improvisation, that everybody is responsible for the scene uh, on stage rolling along, which means you can't step outside of it and giggle and laugh and point, and you can't say no, and you can't treat somebody else's idea or contribution as if it's wrong or uh, – toxic lest you derail the scene so if he's laughing it's really his fault that he's fucking it up you're not fucking it up and you know what love is a battlefield i'm sorry it just is hey dan i'm a 26 year old gay man who's been in a on again off again relationship for uh, about four and a half years with a 25 year old guy and uh, it's kind of the whole first love got he got me out of the closet 
deal, and there's a lot of emotions in it. And, uh, you know, we've been good for maybe six months now, uh, feeling really good about things. And I kind of need your help to see if I was in the wrong in a situation. Uh, we've always been monogamous, except once in a in-between period when I thought we were exclusive, but he slept with someone. And, you know, I understood his side and, and moved on from that. But he occasionally has gotten nervous or felt weird that I've never been with anybody else and has told me he's thought about me with being with other guys. And that's kind of the background of this situation. Um, here's kind of what happened. This weekend I went to New York and the night before I left, my boyfriend and I were making out and doing our thing. And he uh, told me if I had the chance to do something with someone to do it. And I stopped and said, don't say that unless you mean it. And he said he meant it. And, you know, I didn't expect to actually do anything about that. But I ended up pretty drunk at a bar and went home with someone. And uh, I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't thought I had the okay from him. So being honest, the next day I called my boyfriend and talked to him about it. And he says he never wants to talk to me again. So... He says that his permission was just a sexually charged fantasy. Well, I thought it was legitimate, and I I don't know what to do at this point. Should I have known it wasn't really permission and just a fantasy? Um, he says that I straight up cheated and was deceitful and hurtful, and I thought it was above the board. And he's obviously not going to be sympathetic to that argument. Um, but how do you know when it's a fantasy and when it's reality. Uh, what what should I do now since I have so much invested in this? What should you do about this? I think you should thank your lucky stars about this, that your boyfriend has revealed himself to be a emotionally abusive, manipulative piece of shit, asshole motherfucker. Now, uh, before you live together, before you've bought a house together, before you've adopted a kid together or kids or – made babies with lesbians together. You need to get away from this motherfucker. What he did was really violent emotionally. It was sadistic. And it was his way of destroying this relationship and on the way out. Because I think he wanted out. He wanted to shift all responsibility for its demise onto your shoulders, which is an asshole move. He gave you permission to go fuck around on him on this trip in New York to, if something happened, go for it. Just like he slept with somebody else once. And then you did that. And now he's the aggrieved wrong party. And you're a piece of shit because you should have been psychic because you should have known. No, no, no. The onus was on him. If he was only fantasizing when he said you can go home with somebody else in New York, should the opportunity present itself, the, only, the responsibility was his after the sex was over, after the fantasizing was over to say, I was just kidding. Uh, I didn't mean that. I'd be really upset. I'd be jealous just so we're on the same page. He handed you a permission slip that he had to yank back if he didn't mean it, whether his, after his dick was no longer hard. That he didn't leads me to believe and conclude that he wanted out, but he wanted to point a finger at you on the way out and say, you did this, you brought this on yourself, that you destroyed our relationship. He destroyed your, he ended this relationship in a really unfair asshole way. And you should be mad at him. What he did was unfair. What he did was bullshit. And you should be glad, 
a little bit. I know it hurts right now and you love him and whatever, but you should be glad that it happened at this point when you're 26, when you're still young, when you're still hot enough that you can pull when you go to New York. There are plenty of other fishes in the fucking sea. You can do better and you will do better and you will be glad one day when you look back that this asshole is out of your life. Hi, Dan. I am a 28-year-old female in New York City, and it turns out that I have an Amazonian pussy. I guess I am just very strong, and I've had a couple guys complain that I push them out when we're going at it, particularly when I'm on my knees taking it from behind. This is not me being frigid or wanting them out. I actually you know, really like that the fact that it happens, and I'm usually having a very good time. And then I'll get him complaining. It feels, they say it feels like someone punched them in the dick while they were inside of me, and they get pushed out. So I'm wondering, um, what is the explanation for this Amazonian phenomenon of my vagina? Um, is there anything I can do about it? Or I got to pick up guys with um, whose dicks can handle being punched from within. Hi. Hi. How's your pussy? <laughs> this is so weird. I'm at home sick, and I spent all morning listening to your podcast. <laughs> Um, it's fine. My, no, my ex-boyfriend was in town, and, um... Did you punch him in the dick with your pussy again? I didn't. Well, no, it was, this was when, before he, um, we were, <laughs> we were, we were having sex, and I was on my knees, and all of a sudden he just jumped back, and I said, what's the matter? And he goes, you just, you forced me out. It felt like something in there punched me, and it wasn't the first time that, um... Uh, someone had complained that I had done that to them, and I'm not sure what that's all about. But it's just in this one particular position? No, I was on my back the first time it happened. You're on your back, but you said in your call, you're, it usually happens when you're on your knees, doggy style? Yeah. And is it when you reach a particular state of arousal or pleasure, or you're getting close to orgasm, or is it just sort yeah, of it's when, it's when I'm getting it's when I'm getting pretty close. I'm pretty excited by that point. Mm-hmm. Well, you're just having, you know those contractions that people have and your cervix is probably opening and closing and doing all that crazy shit that sort of like uh, women's vaginas do. <laughs> women's reproductive organs do when you get close to orgasm. There's nothing you do about it. It just means he's doing everything right. You know? They, well, just, have to, they just have to tough it out. you got to find a guy with a tougher dick. <laughs> is it a size issue? If a guy is smaller, does he not feel it? Is your boyfriend particularly well hung? Um... You know, maybe that guy was a little low hung, but it wasn't. I didn't think it was that bad. And um, or not that it's bad. The guy has a small dick. I've been with small guys with small dicks that still did a really great job. Um, I don't know. It, it just. But was... you, you know, I don't want you to feel bad about it. I don't want you to feel self conscious about it. I mean, what happens to your genitals when you're getting fucked? They're getting pounded. <laughs> Why shouldn't your vagina pound back? <laughs> I think that's that's a very good point. And dicks can take it. And I think you, you know, if you have, uh, you know, if you've obviously been doing your kegels all your life and you have, like, Amazon twat and it's strong and tough, I think you should be a little proud and, and, and pricky about it, prickish about it. I think you should be a little bit like, can you take it? Well, then pound me harder, bitch. What the hell's the matter with you? That's yeah, probably like, what I should have said. Don't jump the fuck out of my vagina. Get back in there, and oh, your little dick can't take it. My 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 genitals, my little lady genitals, my pussy can take it. <laughs> Suffer, dick. Just own it. But of course, go see your go see your OBGYN and make sure there's not, uh, you know, a family of 
raccoons living in your vagina or something that you don't know about that might be behind all this. Yeah, well, yeah, she was in there last week and nothing punched her, so I think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think it's a superpower. I don't think you should be self-conscious about it. I think you should love it. And I think uh, uh, once a guy knows that that's potentially coming, the, the swift kick, I think you can get a guy to like buy into it and dig it a little bit, particularly if you can convince him that it's a referendum or, or evidence that he's really doing it right, that he's doing it good. Oh, but this happens okay. when you are going over the falls because you're being fucked so tremendously. And, and this is why, th- this is physical, hard, kick-in-the-dick proof that he's awesome in bed. And what guy wouldn't want to suffer a little bit for that? Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what I should have said instead of being like, oh, um... And if he's paranoid about it breaking his dick, you go to Xtube and you search CBT and you show him some dicks that are really hurting and say, my vagina can't do that. You don't, no, like, a dick can take a lot. Don't be a pussy. All right. Well, thank you. I'll remember that. So next time they get punched with something hard and wet and moist and wonderful, they won't complain about it. Right. I, I think I, I really doubt that you're doing any damage. I think it just may be an unfamiliar sensation that spooks them a little bit. And if you right. warn them that it's coming, warn them in a sexy way. Don't, like, apologize for your twat. Say, <laughs> guys have said when I'm getting close and I'm about to come that my contractions are, they can feel it. And sometimes it's a surprise. Don't you be surprised. Mm. Then they might start trying to make it happen. Yeah, they might start be trying, trying to make it happen. And you say if this, do- if you don't feel this, you ain't getting invited back. <laughs> if you don't feel this, you did something wrong. If my punch, if my pussy doesn't obliterate you, if then my you- pussy doesn't punch you in the dick. <laughs> you must have quit or something. I don't know. All right. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Dan. Sure thing. Right, bye. Hi, Dan. I am a uh, thirty straight woman, three-year-old straight woman who has a boyfriend long-term. He's straight as well, but I have a gay fetish, gay man fetish, not gay women, but um, I really, really want to just watch in person, not porn, and I've set up something on Craigslist before, got really close, and then just didn't follow through, and I have the perfect opportunity. I'm not sure if I, how my boyfriend would respond to my request to just watch, but um, I had this natural desire to organize an event where several guys come together for intended purposes, and maybe I just uh, serve drinks and watch. Um, I don't know if that's something that my boyfriend would like, and I'm really afraid to ask him, because uh, I think his idea of kinky is a little less um, kinky, a little more vanilla. I'm wondering if I could possibly just do that on the download, just since I'm not technically having sex, it's not cheating, I'm just watching um, and facilitating men that would get together probably anyway. I don't know why I still have this. I keep trying to push it down and it keeps coming up. Um, I, I'm, I'm not disturbed by it. I kind of just want to see if I can get it out of my system. Um, I have a really hard time. I don't have any kids. I'm not married, but I have a hard time thinking that for the rest of my life I'm never going to indulge this fantasy. You went on Craigslist and you found guys who are into the idea of having sex in front of you. Yes. Okay. And the the deal is, how do you bring this to your boyfriend? Yeah. Um, you know, is it cheating if I'm not doing anything? I mean, in a way, I kind of hinted at him about it, and he doesn't really seem to go either way. He doesn't 
not his bag of tea. It's like... Um, Explain to him that you're turned on when... I mean, do you watch gay porn? Have you ever said, I love watching two guys do it? Not asking yes. you to do it with a guy, but watching two guys do it is the kind of porn I dig? Yes, I told him that. I said, hey, you know, if you ever have any inkling, let me know. I'm open to it. Inkling about um, uh, having sex with a guy? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you never know. Yeah, you, you, you never... Fine that you checked, but how'd that go over? Uh, he kind of just said it's not his thing. Okay. It doesn't really did do it for him. Did you tell him why you were asking about that inkling? It wasn't about you being such a good lover that you were giving him a permission slip to sleep with a dude. You were being kind of selfish, but you were framing it in this female way, where it's about him and his needs, when you really needed to say, this is about me and my needs. I've always wanted to watch two dudes do it. Do you want to do it with a dude? No? Okay, well, I'm going to go make that happen for myself with two dudes who want to do it. Yeah, I think I'm afraid if I say that, he's very, um, he's very vanilla, so... I mean, I'm you're slowly... Afraid, you're afraid to say that, but what yeah. you're on the verge of doing is yeah. essentially cheating on him, doing this all behind his back, and destroying the relationship. Pretty much, that's my fear, yeah. Okay, because how would you feel if, and how would all the ladies out there listening feel if he had come to you and said, you know, if you ever want to make it with a chick, and you'd been like, no, and his, <laughs> his real motive was, I want to see two chicks do it, and then he set this all up behind your back and did it. And yeah, I can chick. see that. So, I can see that. You know, the golden rule applies here, and so I do think you need to come out to him about this and say the real reason I brought that up is not because I was being so understanding and compassionate about your uh, potential homosexual desires that do not exist. I was projecting. I was actually trying to tell you that I have always watched gay porn. I did gay porn. I want to watch two gay guys do it in person at some point in my life. I'd like to set that up. Can I? May I? And if he says no, then what are you going to say? Is this something you're never willing to fulfill to be in this relationship? I think obviously not, because you're already yeah. trying to do it. Yeah, I'm trying to let it go away, but it's never going away. It always comes up. It's always there. So, so. you need to tell him that and say, this is something that I have to do. I want to be with you. I'm not asking you to suck dick or let a guy give you a blowjob, but I have to do this, and here's this really safe way. These guys do not want to touch me. It's a really safe way for me to see a live sex show with a couple of dudes. I hope you can sign off on this. Please sign off on it because I'm going to do it. And just say, like, I'm going to do it, not I'm, I really want to do it, but I won't do it if, I, if you say no, kind of thing. That would be a lie, would it not? Uh, up to this point, no. <laughs> Considering that you're about to set it up, telling him I won't do this if you're not okay with it, you're on the verge yeah. of doing it without getting his okay, which means right. in the long run you're going to do it one way or another with is okay or without is okay. So I think the way you present it to him, honestly, is say, I have this fantasy I've always wanted fulfilled. I hope it's okay with you. I don't see why I shouldn't be able to do this. And I and it might to do it at some point. Yeah. And then, you know, at some point you can pull out, you can throw this in my face and demand, make a demand on me, ask for a get out of whatever free card from me, get a permission slip from me in exchange for this. Right. But you so, know, yeah, this, I, this is this is a non-negotiable sexual need of yours, I believe. Yeah, it seems to be. Which is how it you seems, should present it to him. How long have you been with him? Uh, four years. Are you married? Are you living together? We, we live together. Just in the past year, we started living together. Okay. Well, you need to toss this out there. <laughs> you never know. This could be the, the beginning of a whole conversation about his fantasies, your fantasies, about how your long-term sexual relationship is going to work, how you guys are going to roll through the next whatever, yeah, decades, if you stay exactly. for the rest of your life, how indulgent and understanding you're going to be of each other's needs where, the needs that, you know, that you can't fulfill of his and vice versa. 
and how you incorporate yeah. that stuff into the relationship. And that's a good, a good way to, live to have a year into living together as opposed to 10 years into living together. Yeah, yeah, that shock factor might not be so big if it's now, so. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Thank you, because I almost did do that. I almost kept it, like, like dual personalities or something, and I think it's better that he knows everything I laid out on the table. And maybe he'll lay something on the table that interests me, too, so. Go for it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Let us know how that conversation goes. I will. Thank you. Bye. Hey, Dan, this is a uh, caller. Just wanted to call in and give a shout-out in a response to the caller who called last week about uh, men who wouldn't eat pussy. I just wanted to give a shout-out for all the straight men out there who love eating pussy, and we're out there. Just got to find us. Maybe there should be some sort of hanky code for straight guys who love to eat pussy. Maybe some sort of freak flag you can fly, a lapel pin, something so that the ladies can find you guys more easily. I, I happen to believe you're the majority of guys, actually. The majority of straight guys out there love pussy and like to eat pussy. At least I hope they do. So perhaps the guys who don't like to eat pussy should have to identify themselves somehow with some sort of hanky code that says, I don't eat pussy. I'm not sure what that thing could be that it, guys who don't like to eat pussy could wear to identify themselves to the ladies who would like to be with guys who do like to eat pussy. But if anyone has any suggestions, give us a call. Dan, uh, I just listened to 161. I just found your podcast. And, and about the women that uh, did not was not able to get her man to go down on her, I don't understand that. Uh, personally, I prefer to perform oral sex on a woman to have vaginal intercourse. Uh, in fact, I don't even care if she gives me a BJ back. I just assume I love the taste. I love the smell. Uh, a woman that has copious juices flowing gets me turned on to no end. In fact, I enjoy it so much. Um, I was in an open relationship with a woman. I even learned to enjoy uh, performing oral on a woman that had uh, had sex with another man. Yeah, okay, it sounds gay, but who cares? I'm by. Have a great day. I shouldn't record the podcast right before lunch. Maybe what the guys who like maybe the maybe it's the guys who like to eat pussy who should wear something that identifies them. Perhaps a sun-kissed T-shirt, something that references copious juices, Welch's twat juice T-shirts. I don't know, but but now it's lunchtime, and I don't think I can do it. And yeah, there is something a little gay or bi, I guess, about going down on a woman who's just had sex with another man. But that's about the least gay way to go about doing something gay, I think. If you have to put your face through a pussy, if you're a dude, to get to the gay thing, that is a pretty not gay way of getting to the gay shit. I actually can't think of a, a less gay way to get to a gay thing. It's like, I'm going to see Billy Elliot on Broadway, but first I'm going to eat this pussy. Isn't that gay of me? I guess. Couldn't you just... Go right to the musical without the eating the pussy part. That would be gayer. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a call for a future program, give us a buzz. You download us every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com where you can read the Savage Love Letter of the Day. And me and the tech savvy at Risk Youth will be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Love Cast. 